Yo, episode 54 with Kevin Crow connecting dying patients with their families. Let's go. Welcome to Solving Healthcare. I'm Quedro Caramante. I'm an ICU and palliative care physician here in Ottawa and the founder of Resource Optimization Network. We are on a mission to transform healthcare in Canada. I'm going to talk with physicians, nurses, administrators, patients, and their families because inefficiencies, overwork, and overcrowding affects us all. I believe it's time for a better healthcare system that's more cost-effective, dignified, and just for everyone involved. Welcome back, everybody. So excited to have you guys back. We are already on episode 54. We're just flying through these episodes. We're not even a year deep, but we'll continue to represent. Thanks so much, everybody. Before getting into it, I got a couple of announcements to make. Solving Healthcare and the Resource Optimization Network. We're having our first virtual summit on the benefits of low-carbon ketogenic diets. This is the first of many summits to just, once again, give us the tools to get us globally healthier. You know, once again, you've heard me say this once, I'm going to say it again. We got COVID-19. I'm recording this on July 18th, and there's a lull in terms of cases. But one of the best ways we could do that is improving our metabolic health. We know diabetes. We know hypertension. We know obesity are all risk factors for contracting and succumbing to COVID-19. And I've seen it myself. And so this is why I'm so adamant about getting us healthier. A lot of my colleagues, I'm going to do another shout out to Tom Saris, 30 pounds lighter using intermittent fasting, but ketogenic diets, low carb approaches. This is another tool that we have in our arsenal to be able to get healthier. And so we got Ivor Cummins, we got Dr. Paul Masons, and we got Joy Kitty in our conference. And you guys are going to love it. Tickets are $19.99 for our basic package and they're $49.99 for our premium package in terms of getting recorded content, video and audio. You'll also get to be part of the live Q&A session with our three panelists. And for those in the medical professions, we are currently getting CME credits for this conference. So guys, sign up. Links are in the show notes. It's going to be amazing. August 9th, and I look forward to connecting with you guys there. All right, let me tell you about my boy, Kevin Crow. This man is a walking angel. What he did for his friend's family, his dying friend's family, and set up this lovely charity, Give a Mile, so that dying patients can connect with their families in a time of need is angelic. It's tremendous. So basically, this charity is set up that you give away your air miles so that palliative patients can connect with their families. Simple concept, and it's 100% charitable. All donations go to the families, and it's all volunteer-based. And I'm so proud of Kevin's initiative, and it's humbling hearing this story. He's just got a massive heart, and this endeavor is magical. And when I heard the story, I'm like, we need you on the show. We recorded this pre-COVID, but I've been waiting for the right opportunity to put this out there. And, you know, I think with things opening up now, I, I think there's an opportunity here for us to give again. So please enjoy this episode. And without further ado, Kevin Crow. Ladies and gentlemen, we got Kevin Crow, the one and only founder of Give a Mile. Okay. And, you know, I say this a lot, but this podcast is going to warm your heart. And this guy is a walking angel. This program is straight up, for lack of a better word, gangster. It's just, I'm so proud of what Kevin's doing, and I'm so glad he's on the show today. Kevin, welcome to the podcast. Oh, thanks for having me, and thanks for the kind words. Absolutely, absolutely, buddy. Where do we start? How did, 
tell just maybe just tell us in general what is give a mile yeah yeah let me give people some context about what we do you know we provide flights for uh, loved ones to fly to be with that person at end of life or critical care situations and we do it by people donating their unused travel miles so if there's a mother father brother sister son daughter best friend that needs to be with that loved one who's nearing end of life we can make that flight happen so they can have that visit we have been around, we're just going in our seventh year. We are at 678 flights out of this morning, 22 million miles donated to that, 100% volunteer, and we want to make more flights happen. And so I'm super glad we got connected to get the word out there. Wow, wow. I'm going to make a commitment to y'all, Kevin, that we are going to help increase your, your profile, buddy, because this is too amazing. Thank you. So how did you get into this? Like, you know what I mean? Yeah. Like, how was this created? Yeah, let, let me tell you the story. There's a great story behind this. And I believe sometimes the universe conspires to make things happen, right? Uh, I was destined to meet this gentleman by the name of Ryan Westerman. You know, I was going to university many years ago and I was dating this woman and she, uh, first year university, she had just had a bad breakup with Ryan Westerman. She had dated him in high school and, and she would tell me about Ryan. And, and the more I heard about him, the more it was like, I got to meet this guy. Like, I think we'd get along. We're going to be really good friends. But never met him. <laughs> never met him. And then fast forward, like, you know, what, five years after that, uh, a friend of mine's hitching across Canada. He stops in at my house and he says, look, I just had this amazing ride across Canada. We were together for like three, four hours. This guy, Ryan Westerman, picked me up. You got to meet this guy. You guys would be best friends. Never met him, right? So then you fast forward, you know, another whatever, seven, eight years. I work for a technology company. It's my day job. And I've been here pretty much since the start. I was like employee number nine and we were growing really fast. And uh, I think we were about 50 employees and, and we hired our first HR manager and I uh, went in to introduce myself. It was right before Christmas. I asked her where she was from. She said, Regina. And I said, oh, I know some people from Regina. And she's like, who? And I started talking and her eyes got really big and she said, my husband is Ryan Westerman. Oh, no way. And not only is Ryan in <laughs> Calgary, he ends up living just down the street from me. Oh, my God. And I said, I got to meet this guy. And of course, we became instant best friends. And um, it was incredible. We're in the same place in life. You know, we, we both have been recently married and we had young sons and, and our careers were going really well. We were like power suiting downtown. And, and it's just, you know, we had this incredible friendship and we live so close, you know, we put our sons to bed and then he like text me and is your son asleep? And he'd sneak over and we'd play like video games until like five <laughs> in the morning. So we heard the kids rustling and then he'd sneak back home. And, and we just had an amazing, amazing friendship. But unfortunately, um, Ryan got diagnosed with brain cancer and really aggressive brain cancer. And, uh, and I remember, you know, he ended up having a seizure and he was down in the emergency room and I went down to visit him. And, uh, and when I showed up, you know, it was early in the morning and his family, his wife and son he had a four-year-old son at the time uh, had gone home and so it's just him and I and um, we had the probably the most powerful conversation I'll ever have in my life you know Ryan was a super inspiring guy and a super positive guy and, and we knew we kind of knew what the roadmap was going to be and, and he said Kev like you know I got my family and he you know he had his brothers and his mom and he had this amazing group of friends around him. but he goes I need somebody I can confide in and, and just be there through this this journey and and can you be that person? And, and it literally scared the living hell out of me. But I'm so glad I said, yeah, I'm going to be there, man. And we're going to do this together. And, and we spent an incredible year and a half of life together. And, um, and, you know, as many people know that work in palliative, like it gives you such beautiful perspective when you're working with somebody and you're with somebody whose time's running out. And it was somebody that, you know, my same age, same life, like, you know, 
you see yourself in that. And Ryan was a really inspiring guy. So the worst thing I could do is waste time by being bitter and angry about not having enough time. Mm. So I'm going to like seize the day as much as I can. And I'm not saying he didn't have lows and there was days that he was depressed, but he fought his way out of that constantly. And, you know, he's just the kind of guy that even when he ended up in hospice, uh, we had poker parties and we rolled in the kegs and we played <laughs> cards and uh, you know, he's just, he was that kind of guy right to the end. And you know, he, he just gave me such good perspective. I would visit him like he was still at home at the time, like every Tuesday and Thursday and, and come by for a coffee. And I remember coming from work and I had my jacket on and you know, threw it down on the couch and, and was still in my suit. And he's like, what's wrong? What's got you so upset? You're stuck in rush hour traffic. I'm like, yeah, man. And he goes, Oh, what I would do to be in rush hour traffic. Right. <laughs> What, what would I do to just go to my job today? And it's just like such perspective, man. So oh. he was a super wise guy. And, and we, you know, I remember, and he was at Rosedale Hospice here in Calgary and, and uh, they did an amazing job. And I can't say thank you enough to the care they provided to him. And he said to me, you know, there's a beautiful patio out there and we're sitting in the sun one day. And he says, he goes, F, I am going to die with you, my wife and my son. And I said, like, Brother, I, I will move mountains. I will do whatever I can for you, but I cannot guarantee you that will happen. And, you know, we had this four and a half year old running around in the scenario. You know, we got really good advice from the doctors and the healthcare providers to say, and his son's name's Talon. He said, let Talon be the guide, right? Like if Talon wants to be at the hospice, he'll be at the hospice. And if Talon doesn't, then he's not going to be there. But just be very frank with him and don't speak in metaphors or use any other terms like your dad's going to sleep or anything like that. And so we were very honest with Talon. And sure enough, you know, that in the last you know few hours of Ryan's life, we were up there and the family's up there, his mom, his brothers and his wife. But Talon's back at home. And sure enough, we get a call in the afternoon and it's Talon. And he says, I want to come see my dad. And his wife, Tasha, looks at me and she goes, what are we going to do? And, uh, and we said, bring him up, bring him up, you know. And so... I remember, you know, I was over Ryan's bed and Tasha at this time had crawled in and was, you know, cuddling her husband. And I just felt this little hand grab my hand, right? And, and Talon is this, he's got the biggest blue eyes and he's just looking at me and he's like, Cap, what's wrong with my dad? And, you know, my heart just shattered into a million pieces. And I, I just looked at him and I said, um, your dad's going to die. Do you want to give him one last hug? And he said to me, he goes, yeah, he goes, yeah, that's what I want to do. And so I picked him up and I put him in bed. And he gave his dad this big hug and Tasha was with him and, uh, and Talon fell asleep. And, and several hours later, my, my friend passed away. And so an incredibly powerful, heartbreaking, beautiful thing to be a part of, right? And it's hard to put into words. Like, it's really hard to put into words. But I knew from who he was and what he stood for that I wanted to do something really special. And it wasn't just about, you know, raising money or doing something. It had to be impactful and it had to, had to be something that was unique because Ryan was such a unique guy. And so then I heard this crazy, crazy stat that there's, you know, literally tens of trillions of loyalty points that sit on the sidelines every year on a global basis. And we said, well, we've been in hospice in Calgary and anybody that is from Calgary and knows Calgary is, you know, three out of four people aren't born and raised here, right? Everybody is. Everybody yeah. moves to Calgary. And so yeah. we had seen in the hospice all these people trying to say goodbye on the phone and, and you know, talking about, you know, hey, you know, dad understands we don't have the money to make that flight happen. And I heard about all these unused travel miles. And I said, well, why don't we have people donate those travel miles and we can get those mothers, brothers, fathers, sisters there and, you know, share that idea. And sure enough, people were like, we got to make this happen. Like, we got to do this. So we started kind of, you know, in the background doing it and we tagged Aeroplan on Twitter that this is what we wanted to do. And they said, 
hey, you got to call us right away. And and uh, sure enough, Give a Mile was born and and we started giving flights away. So so that's the legacy behind Give a Mile. And to me, it's it's amazing. And I'm so happy to see Ryan's legacy and the impact that it's creating. And, and believe me, we want to do much more than 678 flights for for his honor. I knew this was going to be <laughs> yeah. <laughs> a bit emotional, but yeah. oh, I got so many things. Like, obviously, really sorry about Ryan oh. and, and his family and having to go through that. And mm. that story of seeing talent and, and oh, yeah. yeah, I mean, I have three kids. Yeah. How many kids you got? I got a son. Yeah. 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 Um, and just having to picture going through that. And like, as you know, I, I work in palliative care yeah. and that gets me every time. Oh, a hundred percent. That gets me every time. A hundred percent. And I, I just, I got to really commend you for what you're Thank trying you. to do because on a personal level, being with your loved one at the end of life yeah. can be so healing. A hundred percent. In terms of grief management and, and, and all that. And just a, a bit of a personal story, like my old man, I wasn't able to be there when he passed. Mm. And, you know, it's something that's always for a year and a half now. It's yeah. never sat, yeah. it's never sat easy with me. Yeah. So giving people this gift yes. is like, I don't know if the common people or yeah. the common listener really knows how powerful that is because yeah. this experience, like Talon's experience yeah. is going to sit with him for the rest of his life. A hundred percent, a hundred percent. And there's, you know, so many moments and so many stories inside of Ryan's passing. And, and, you know, one of those moments I want to share the power of that is, you know, as we were nearing the end, the, the hospice doctor said to us, you know, I can cut back the pain medicine for Ryan if, you know, to make him more alert so you can have conversations. And we were in the beautiful spot that we said, we've said everything we need to say. We just, mm. this man does not need to suffer. We do not want to see any more suffering. We've had every conversation. He was a person that put it all on the table. He was not scared to have any conversation. That was a beautiful gift he gave all of us. Mm. And to have that beautiful moment that, you know, it's just such a nice spot to be in. And it definitely helped with closure. And it definitely helped with grieving. And, you know, I can, I can say from a give a mile side of things, you know, in 678 of those flights, there's incredibly powerful stories. Everything from, you know, we had a, father on his deathbed reached out to us said, look, at, I, I, I made the biggest mistake in my life. I disown my son because he's gay and I am dying. And I realize what a stupid decision that was. Can you get my son to be here? And to make that flight happen is just so powerful, right? So there's so many stories of families healing and we do do international flights. And, you know, one of the incredible stories was we had this young woman in, in Winnipeg, uh, originally from the Philippines. Her dad was dying in the Philippines. And he said, look, at my, my daughter's been in Canada. She's been working for five years, sending money back to our family. I just want her to come here so I can say thank you. I want to see her one more time. And to be able to give that gift, it's incredible, right? So there is such strong power uh, in these flights and these flight stories for sure. Oh, wow. So 678 so far, Kevin, yeah. is that, did I get that That's right? That's right, yeah. That's unbelievable. Yeah. And like I said, we're gonna we're gonna do our part to help build that number. Yeah. Um, so I've been a little bit emotional, so I'm <laughs> I'm not sure if we covered this yeah. yet, but 
do we see how exactly it works? Like how, yeah. like how people could donate, like the logistics behind yeah, that? Yeah, we'll talk about the donation part and then let's talk about how flights happen as well, right? So yeah. So go to giveamile.org and you can donate 100% of uh, money or miles you donate, go to flights. So you don't have to ever worry about like what percentage is impacting flights. 100%. We raise the money to uh, run the organization separately. And like I said, it's 100% volunteer. So when you go to giveamile.org, there'll be flight stories on our flight page. So you can donate to specific flight stories if you want. So like for me, you know, obviously brain cancer and, and supporting those flights is extremely meaningful or, you know, whether you want to support one for your, your dad or your mom, whatever that is, you can donate to that specific flight story. So you go, you click donate now. We accept uh, aeroplane miles and anything that converts to aeroplane. So American Express and aeroplane are our biggest miles. There's a $0 transfer fee. Mm -hmm. Aeroplans recognize this as a charity. They've been an incredible partner. So you can transfer minimum is 1,000 miles. Um, and like I said, 100% of those are going to go to the flight. It takes on average about uh, 25,000 miles for a flight. And you can also donate money. It's uh, about 1,000 miles is $40. Um, and we are a charity. So any money you donate, is uh, we'll give you a tax receipt. We can't give uh, tax receipts for points and that type of thing. Mm -hmm. But go to our website. You can donate to the Universal Fund. They're going to go to the flights and you can donate miles of money. The other thing we do is we have what's called a Flight Hero Program. The Flight Hero Program is about, you know, friends uh, and organizations getting together. So, you know, you could say, hey, I'm going to take on raising enough miles of money for a flight. And so maybe you have a dinner party, you have, you know, 15 friends over. They all put enough money and miles together. And then once you have that, uh, and we'll set up a specific page for you to, to do that with. Once you have your, your miles, we connect you to a specific flight. So it's like, hey, let's get our friends together or maybe my team at work. We're going to raise the miles. And you know, whether you raise $25,000, we'll get you a domestic flight. If you raise $100,000, we'll get you an international flight. And obviously, you'll be connected to the family that makes that happen. We do two big campaigns. We do a Mother's and Father's Day campaign, which will be starting here on April 20th. We're looking to do 20 specific flights that have Mother's and Father's Day stories in them. And then at Christmas, where our goal this Christmas was 60 flights, our goal next Christmas will probably be a little bit bigger. But saying that, we do flights all year round. We accept donations all year round. Um, and that's that's how we do it. And, and, you know, it's been huge. You know, the Flight Hero program has been massive for us. And obviously people uh, getting connected to us and donating their miles and money has, has been incredible for us. That's unbelievable. And uh, that was one of my questions for you was if you took cash mm. uh, or uh, money uh, donations. So clearly that's excellent. There's a tax receipt, as you heard Kevin yeah. mention. One thing that put a soft spot in my heart, too, is. This is 100% volunteer. Yeah, eh? yeah. This is a passion project, and everybody that's involved in it. And you know, I get I get to get on the podcast and tell you and represent the organization. But it's it's a bunch of incredible volunteers in the background across Canada. Uh, we work mm -hmm. as a virtual team that are just committed to this, and, and the vast majority of people, you know, have had a loss and seen or been there with a loved one that's been passing, and so they're incredibly passionate about this project and and, and trying to pay it forward uh, to as many people as we can. That's amazing. For healthcare providers, so I was saying before we started, guys, that as a guy that does palliative care, I had no idea this existed until somebody hit me up on Twitter. Yeah. But maybe what are some of the questions or what are the things that as healthcare providers will need to know yeah. to promote this or, or get the word out? Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. So we do flights across Canada. Okay, so anywhere across Canada, and we do international flights. So if a loved one needs to fly to somebody that's palliative in a different foreign country, we do that. And if somebody needs to fly into Canada, 
um, that to visit somebody that's palliative, we do that. Now, somebody that's flying into Canada, they have to take care of the paperwork, the visas and stuff, but we will get them their ticket. Uh, 100% of the, the tickets covered both ways, uh, including taxes. So there's there's no charge there. The biggest thing we hear from healthcare providers is, is how about speed? Uh, speed obviously is really, really important. We work uh, understanding that speed is critical. So all we require, we have a, it's basically a one-page application form that can be filled out by the family or along with a social worker or, or nurse that is going to ask you for, they're going to ask the applicant for just for some basic details. Um, you know, we use that information to book the flight. So it's important they fill it out. Um, the medical confirmation is simply an email or a phone call from, you know, a doctor, nurse, social worker, just saying this person is under our care. We don't need anything disclosed confidentially. We understand that. Just, hey, this person is under our care. That's all we need for medical confirmation. So once we have medical confirmation, once we have the application form, we take it to our flight review team, which we can turn things around very quickly. We've turned literally turned flights around in four hours. Wow. Um, and that's not just being approved. That's, you know, approved. And we connect you to our person who books the flights. Yeah. So that booking agent will reach out to the family and work with that person. Um, on the application, it will ask them, you know, what's the preferred date to fly? What's the preferred date to get home? Those dates just need to be entered to give us some perspective. So we all work with the person uh, as best we can to hit those dates. Because we're flying on points, sometimes we can't find this specific seat uh, or the airline, right? So somebody say, hey, I've seen a flight and I want to come WestJet tonight. We'll, we'll be like, well, we got to fly at Air Canada two hours later or we got to fly to Air Canada in the morning, but we'll do our best. Uh, the reason cash is so important is 10 to 12% of our flights are bought in cash just because we can't line it up. Right. So, hey, we got to get somebody out ASAP. There's not a seat on points. We'll fly them out. Sometimes international flights make more sense to buy in cash. So that's that's why it's so important. So, so we'll work that angle. If somebody doesn't know when they're going to fly back, because obviously there's some unknowns, we can get them there and worry about returning them later, right? So they're going to say, hey, I don't know what the situation is. Okay, let's just get you to Halifax, right? And when you have dealt with what you need to dealt with, reach back to us and we'll book your flight. The only thing we say on that is we might not be able to guarantee when you'll fly. So, hey, you want to fly Tuesday night? I might need to fly you Wednesday just because of the availability of seats. But we're going to work with you as best we can. So really, really important that people understand that we take speed very, very important. And we also know, you know, healthcare workers, social workers, very busy. So we're going to take the heavy load off of you. Just get us connected and then we can take it from there. We also are asked, you know, can the palliative person fly? 100% as long as they can fly commercial. Okay. So as long as they're strong enough and they can get on a commercial flight and, you know, we do, and it's heartbreaking, but we do a lot of one-way flights. You know, people that are like, hey, I grew up and... You know, Ottawa, I live in Vancouver now, but I want to go back and be with my family there. Uh, and that's where I'm going to pass away and, and we can make that happen. The, the other question is, well, what about multiple family members? You know, hey, we've got brothers and sisters and, and there's multiple family members. We look at each family scenario independently, so we don't have a specific number. But, you know, we have to make hard decisions based on the resources we have. So sometimes that means... Maybe we can only fly two family members. Sometimes we can fly multiple family members. You know, on international flights, obviously that's more difficult because more expense, bigger resources, but we do our best to accommodate the family as much as possible, right? So, you know, we sometimes have been fortunate enough to have enough resources that we can fly, you know, uh, a mother and, and three children um, and that type of thing. The other thing is uh, if what happens if somebody passes away, if we've committed and given you a flight and that person passes away, 
that flight is yours, theirs to use, right? We're not going to say, okay, pull that back. But we do not do flights for funerals. So um, if somebody's reaching out, um, unfortunately, we just there's just too much demand. We just can't yeah. meet that, right? So it is about getting loved ones together that are palliative. We also have known that you know family members have dropped everything. They have flown to be uh, with somebody, and they don't they don't have the means to get back. Mm-hmm. Please reach out to us in those scenarios as well. Uh, we'll work with you uh, to get those family uh, members home. This is man. So incredible. Four hour turnaround time. Yeah, yeah. You know what I'm saying? Like, that's like hustling. Yeah, that's yeah, real. Yeah. We, you're, like, you ain't playing when you're saying, like, speed is of the essence. Like, yes. you, you truly want to have that quick turnaround yeah. time because, you know, I mean, you, you don't need me to tell you. Like, oh, yeah. You know, time is, is everything. Time is everything. And, and, and so critical at sign. And we also know when we first started giving flights away, I, you know, one of the first flights I gave away. We went back and we, you know, it was actually an international flight and we had to decide, are we doing international flights and how is it going to work? And, and it took me a, a fair amount of time, you know, probably about 36 hours to get back to the gentleman. And I got back to him. I said, I got a flight for you. It was for his wife and daughter to come to Canada. He's originally uh, from Central America. And I said, we've got a flight for your wife and daughter. And he said, I have been so looking forward to this. I have not slept for 36 hours. Like this is how much it means to me. And then a little light bulb went in my head and said, we've got to be fast, right? Like not just, mm-hmm. not just for the time where it's critical and, you know, people have to get there because they're running out of time. It's also the, obviously the stress and the emotions in these scenarios People need answers, and and so we're mm. we're committed to do that as fast as possible. Uh, that is so good. It's just it's just so good. <laughs> I I'm gonna say it nine times. I know listeners, you might get here, sick of hearing this, but I'm so proud of this. I'm Thank so you. Thank you. I'm so proud of what you guys are doing. Thank you. How about in terms of like objectives and challenges yeah. moving forward? Like I I know you know there's been 678 flights. I I know. I heard you mention at Christmas that you want to increase the amount of flights around that time. Any other goals for the future? Yeah, absolutely. Like, look, at we are trying to expand and we know there's lots of people that need this resource. And, and so we've been in a, you know, it's an interesting supply and demand scenario because we do not want to let any health worker, social worker down. Right. We understand there's a massive trust transfer when you go in to tell the family that, hey, there's this available resource. And you're getting hopes up. You know, we've, we've got to live up to that commitment as, as much as we can. And so we've been in the background, you know, raising funds and, and, and or adding to the organization and, and, you know, trying to get the word out across Canada. And we really work through, you know, the hospices and, and palliative care and, and the, you know, the, the hospitals. So we, we want that word spread amongst the doctors and the nurses. So please help us with that. If somebody's reaching out to us that's not, you know, connected to palliative or, or whatever, they still can reach out to us. We're just going to get you back connected because we need that medical confirmation mm. so you know part of our challenge right now is like we have flights we want to give flights away right like we're, we're at the table and like i said we want to do 150 flights this year we did 123 last year so we're looking for a record so one of the challenges is, is just getting connected and people um, understanding what the model is and, and i think you know trusting the model right that we're going to be there so you know this is huge thank you so much for having us on and i know in your audience there's a lot of the specific healthcare and palliative people that we need to talk to so that this is massive um you know as an organization one of the things we're working on is we're, we're working on a 501c in, for the u.s um, uh, because we want to expand there for a couple of reasons. One is we want to get some more point programs on. We know there's, you know, the average Canadian has four to five loyalty programs that they participate in. So, you know, I get questions around like, what about American Airlines or what about Alaskan Airlines? Mm-hmm. And so, you know, we're going to get 
the U.S. going so that we can start engaging those point partners uh, and getting them uh, on board. And we would love for people, you know, people, one of the big questions, what about air miles? We cannot accept air miles yet, but we'd love people to email them and let them know that, hey, they love air miles to participate in this program. Right now, you know, like I said, Aeroplan's been huge. Same thing with Avion, any of those point programs, let them know. This is this is something that they should participate in. And if you're collecting, you know, miles and, and points, what a great win-win-win for everybody, right? You're way more loyal and connected to that, you know, travel loyalty program if they're doing social good like this. Obviously, the families are, you know, there's an amazing win there. And the people that are donating, you know, how good do we all feel that we can do something so powerful with the miles we're collecting? So. I mean, people, like whether it's your miles or cash money, this is what we are on, not to be too philosophical, but this is what we're on this earth to do. Help others. It's going to be rewarding for you. You're going to be able to tie it to a family if you want through the website, give a mile. And one thing I got to say, Kevin, too, that I haven't said already, and just because, you know, our our real, our true target audience are young healthcare professionals Mm -hmm. that are going to try and do some make like transform healthcare. And this is what, like the innovation here, it's the thinking outside the box that we don't do enough in medicine. It's like, we got resources that people aren't using and let's use them in some form of good. Yeah, You know what I mean? Like it's not an ultra genius. Like it's a, it is genius because it's so like, uh, I guess because it's available, but it's, it's not rocket science. And like, I just want people to think to themselves, you know, what I'm trying to say is to encourage them to continue to think outside the box, think about ways that we could be serving others, helping others yeah. in, in a meaningful way, because this is what is happening here. Yeah. And we're going to do our part as solving healthcare of oh, yeah. scaling this. I want the scale people. Well, let me jump in on that thought. It's real. Because there's a really important thing here is, is we, you know, give a mile wants social entrepreneurs to be using the travel and loyalty point resources to do more social good. Like we want more social entrepreneurs in this pool, right? Like, you know, I said, there's literally 10 trillion, you know, loyalty point programs value dollar worth in the globe right now, sitting on the annual basis, sitting on the sideline. If you look at what happened in 2008, you know, when that financial crisis hit the banks, they can no longer sell mortgages. So they really look to credit cards and, and the way to get people on a credit cards was loyalty programs, right? Like that's a great, like a, it's a, it's a great scenario. And we went from, you know, in North America, about 67% of transactions being done on a credit card with travel loyalty points associated to up in the nineties now. Wow. So that's created an even bigger pool. And so we want, you know, if you're, and I know you got listeners that are doing social good and they have their organizations and not for profit, like get in here with us. Like there is more, there is more than enough. Wow. And the more social entrepreneurs we can get in this space and they're working with the point programs and advocating for all of us to be doing this, the better it is mm-hmm. for all of us. Like, like I said, I don't think there's more win, win, win that lines up, right? The travel loyalty, the power they can do, the branding they can do with that the social good you make it happen and the people that are collecting them all. It's like, this is a beautiful scenario and, and we want more people participating in that. And so by all means, um, do not hesitate to think, well, how could I use, you know, travel miles uh, for my social good on, uh, enterprise? And, and like I said, um, Aeroplan has been incredible. They've almost done almost a billion miles through social good because we're not the only organization. You know, if you look at their program called Beyond Miles, 
Um, you know, they're doing things like, you know, uh, people can donate miles for refugees coming from Syria. Uh, there's, uh, you know, doctors without borders, engineers without borders. They're, they're using this, this resource. We just need more social entrepreneurs in this space. And, and like you said, it's the thing I, when I tell people to give a mile, they would say, well, that's already done or that must be done. And I'm like, no, it's not. <laughs> like, no, no, it's not. Nobody in this space. <laughs> exactly. Because it is such a simple idea, but it really is, it is Reese's peanut butter cups, right? There's peanut butter, there's chocolate. It just hasn't been put together in the right way. And so you get a beautiful Reese's peanut butter cup. And there's so many more opportunities out there for more Reese's peanut butter cups to be made in social goods. Yeah. Changing the boogie with Reese's peanut butter cup. And the ironic thing is, like, I will... I will run through a wall for a Reese's peanut butter cup. That's one of my go-to. I love the Reese's peanut butter cup. They're awesome. But uh, yeah, no, that's a very important point, Kevin. It's like win, 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 win. Like we we should be leveraging uh, these other companies too. Yeah. So we've mentioned a few times some stories in terms of people that have benefited. Any other ones that come to mind that have really like stuck with you? Yeah, let me tell you one. And one that really solidified that given mile was on the right path, right? That this is kind of when I knew like, okay, we're onto something powerful. Because, you know, the hardest thing to do is give away something for free, right? Like the first flight in some ways was the hardest flight because you're reaching out to people and they're like, who are you? What are you doing? You've never done this before. <laughs> you, you want me to go into this family and, and, and do what? Right? And And so... Obviously, the trust and the belief of those first few social workers, healthcare providers was massive. And, and, and I can't give them kudos enough. But, you know, when we were in the first, I think it was within the first 15 flights, I had a social worker call me and she said, Kev, I got a woman here. She's palliative, you know, uh, stage four cancer. She's originally from the Philippines. You know, she, she's desperate to get back there to see her parents, her family. My sister-in-law is Filipino. Anybody that knows the Filipino community, massive about your family, right? And just... Mm-hmm. And um, the Filipino community is so spread out around the world. And so she hadn't seen her, her parents in years. And, and she goes, look, at, she is in the point where she is literally selling her furniture right now, trying to get a plane ticket. And, uh, and I said, okay, well, we're going to try to make this flight happen. And sure enough, I had some amazing donors that got behind it. And she had literally, she didn't have a computer anymore because she had gotten rid of it, trying to raise funds to support herself. And, and so I physically went down and visited her to give her the ticket. And this woman, gave me this massive hug. It was like, uh, like just held on to me for like four minutes. And, and I could see the strength in her eyes and the determination. She said, Kevin, not only do I have to fly into Manila, I got to take a train up, uh, you know, three hours into the mountains to see my family. And she goes, I'm going to make that happen. And if I die there, so be it, but I'm going to make that happen. I could just feel the determination. And, and so, you know, so fortunate to give her a ticket. And then she made it, she got back to Canada. And then, you know, I think about a month later, the social worker reached out to me and she said, you know, Kev, uh, Marcelo's passed away. And uh, would you like to go to the funeral with me? And, and it's not something I do normally, but I was like, you know, this was such a powerful story. And, and Marcelo really touched my heart so much. I said, yeah, I, I got to I gotta go to the funeral, right? So I showed up, I showed up a little bit early and uh, I'm sitting in the pews and uh, I'm the only white person there, right? So they, they come up to me, the family comes up to me and says, are you at the, are you in the right place? <laughs> and, uh, and I explained the scenario. I said, Oh, I'm, I'm here. I'm from give a mile. And, uh, the family's faces, I, I cannot tell you how much love came from them at that moment in time. Right. Like they, they started bringing everybody over and we just had this massive hug and we cried together and, uh, I could feel how, how much, how much it meant to them. Right. Like it's just beyond words in that moment 
how connected we were. And, uh, and so you, you're like, yes, right. Like give miles on the right track, but I'm sitting in the funeral and, um, and they Skype the family in from the Philippines, right. She had gone to see her mom and dad and, and they don't know I'm in, in the funeral home and, and they're talking and they just say like how much it meant to them that Marcella came home and how much it meant to them that they had this visit. And someone said, the person's here that made the flight happen. <laughs> and, and just the love and from that community and from that family and that, and I was just like, yeah, we got to do this and we got to do a lot of this. Right. So it just, it just, it really solidified everything. And, and, you know, I, I, a lot of times I say thank you to the families and, and they say, Oh, it's us that needs to say thank you to you. And I say, no, you don't understand. Like one, this keeps my friend's legacy alive, but just how powerful that is for me around what you said around humanity and seeing each other and being there for each other and the good in life and perspective. You know, I, I have a day job and, and I was just saying this to my friend yesterday, you know, like so many times I can get caught up in the problems and you know, the moaning of, of trying to solve these things. And then I'll get connected to a family like that. And I'll be like, I don't have any problems, right? Like, like I'm good, right? Like I got this, man. I got a massively good hand dealt to me. And I got that good hand dealt to me because not only people show me how to play that hand, but people were willing to trade cards with me, right? And people were willing to be there when I was grinding it out and, and bad things were happening. And so the fact that I can in some way help pay that back uh, is incredible, right? Like it just, it, I can't say enough about that. Number one, thanks for sharing that story. I, um, we have ties to the Filipino community to uh, our caretakers, Filipino. So I, I picture, I'm picturing exactly what you're, yeah. you're, you're drawing down. Yeah. And oh, I, what a beautiful story. Mm -hmm. And I'll put it this way. This is exactly why I wanted to do this solving healthcare podcast yeah. in general, yes. not just with you, but yes. in general, yeah, yeah. because there's so many beautiful yeah. things that people are doing like what you're doing yeah. that is improving humanity that is getting people connected and is truly doing good that will serve so many people because i don't want to exaggerate too much but just think even that one experience you had for that family that affected that community that's close to her the family yeah. in the philippines not selling yes. more of their goods to yes. be able to, to make this happen. And that's one that's flight, one. buddy. That's one. That's one flight. That's one. Okay. And so you have done 678 versions of this. I haven't experienced this flight, but I'm leaving this talk today inspired, more wanting to give. Yeah. And this just funnels out, man. Like it just, there's a yeah. ripple effect from the magic what you guys are doing. Yeah. And I, I can't commend you enough. Yeah. And it just warms my heart. It gives me faith in humanity again. <laughs> well, and, and, and this is Ryan's, right? This is Ryan's impact and, yeah. and uh, the beautiful thing that he taught me and he showed me. And there's a, an incredible book. I don't know if you've read it. It's called Tattoos on the Heart. And it's, uh, I believe the gentleman's name is Gregory Doyle. I'm not a religious person, but I love hearing about all religions and, you know, the path and the wisdom they have. And, and he was a Jesuit priest and he got assigned to Central South LA, right? And he was working with gang members. And uh, I think he, in the book, I think he's mentioned that he's buried over 200 young people from the violence that's going on there. But that book is so beautiful around what true compassion is, right? And in that, he says something that to me is really powerful is that when we sit in non-judgment, when there's no judgment, and we sit and just are there to help each other, that is really 
how God sees everything, right? And to me, in the Buddhist tradition of the most compassionate thing you can do is help someone who's dying, that there is so much beautiful power in what's happening through the Gilomal story, not just from me, but from everybody that's connected and the, the healthcare workers, the, you know, aeroplan, the volunteers, the families that come to us, the healing, that to me is really, it, it goes beyond words. You know, when I, when I first started giving flights away, I, I would call families and let them know, Hey, I've got a flight for you. And there's this big pause. And at first I'd start freaking out. I'd be like, look, we're a legitimate organization. Like you can check the website out. Like, I just, <laughs> like I have a ticket for you. But as I did a little bit more of it, I realized silence was because there are no words. They're like, thank you doesn't really seem to qualify, right? Because yeah. you're in this moment where you do not think you're going to see a loved one again. And then you're in a moment where you are going to see that loved one. Or one woman said, like, there's these people that don't even know me that are willing to do this for me. Wow. And I'm like, yeah, 100%. And, you know, I do not watch the news um, because the news will skew you on what really is going on in this world. And my world is full of really good, compassionate people who care who deeply care, who are willing to go out of their way for perfect strangers. And that's the world I see. And, and I see that 99 times out of 100. Yeah, there's bad people and I bump into them occasionally. But the people I bump into are the exact opposite. They have hearts that are as big as this world. And, and people too, like this is not to be once again too paternalistic, but this is the recipe for a lot of your depression, anxiety, yes. yeah, yeah. social isolation. Like this is what, what helps. and yeah. so. Kevin, I got to I thank you so much for doing the show. You're going to hear commitment here. OK, we'll talk maybe offline of the ideal time, yeah, yeah. especially if there's going to be some um, months where you're going to do some uh, or that are more important. But our show, we do um, our merchandise. Yeah, we, yeah. We like to we like to uh, the proceeds to go to a, a charity. Um, yeah. So whatever month that you think is ideal, That'd be awesome. that will be for give a mile and we are going to spread the word. This is going to be one of my goals because you are solving healthcare. You are changing the movie, my friend. Thank you, so I'm, 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 I'm a, I'm gonna do my part. We are going to do our part. Thank you, man. That means so much. And it is about like getting the word out. And so I really appreciate the time and obviously having this platform to connect with the audience and, uh, and we're all in this together, right? Like give a miles for the community, by the community, hundred percent grassroots. Like I said, we've said many times, 100% volunteer. And it's just literally, we connect to the right people at the right time. And, and I feel like the universe has conspired once again, because here we are, man. This is <laughs> awesome, buddy. Thank you so much for this. And I have a feeling we're going to cross paths again, my friend. 100%. Thanks again. My God. If you ever see the video version of this, I was weeping like a baby the whole time. I just want to thank Kevin for this amazing episode. If you want to give to give a mile, Please see the links in the show notes. This is such an amazing charity, and we just want to do our best to support him and his cause. Thanks, everyone, for listening. Leave any comments at quadcast99 at gmail.com. Check out our new site at solvinghealthcare.ca. Follow us on Insta, YouTube, Twitter, at Quadcast. Sign up for that low-carb ketogenic conference August 9th. This is going to be an amazing event, yo. Everybody else out there, stay healthy, and I look forward to connecting soon. Peace.